Welcome to the Gay Men Going Deeper podcast, a podcast by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, a podcast where we talk about everything spirituality, sexuality, mental health, and personal development. I am your host today, Matt Lansadel, and we are joined by Andrew Rowe. Welcome, Andrew. Hi. Good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I want to do a little intro about you so people um, get a little bit of a, a sense of who you are. So Andrew is a certified NLP practitioner, Theta Healer, Reiki practitioner, and Oneness practitioner. He uses a variety of modalities in order to find the root limiting belief. And with the help of God, creator, Allah, source, or love, he removes the limiting belief and replaces it with a more empowering one. I got Andrew on today because we're going to be unpacking transforming limiting beliefs. This is a really big, big one. Um, beliefs are a big, big part of um, the personal development path, right? We're constantly looking at ways that we can shift our beliefs and change the way we think about ourselves and the world around us. And Andrew um, does a lot of really beautiful work in this area. I know that from personal experience, which I will share throughout the podcast. Um, but yeah, it's really great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to help shine some light on uh, our belief systems and how we can identify them and shift them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll give the listeners a little bit of a, a, a taste of what we're going to be talking about today. So um, Andrew's going to start off by sharing a bit about his story um, and how he got into doing this work. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about what beliefs are, um, how limited beliefs are formed, and um, how our limited beliefs um, show up in our lives. And then Andrew's going to share with us how he helps people transform their limited beliefs. And, um, and then also what are common beliefs that um, Andrew helps gay men transform. This is an area that he specializes in. So we're going to be talking about, a bit about that. And then we're going we're gonna to share with you guys um, things that you can start to do to transform your own limiting beliefs. And... Um, yeah, that's, I know that sounds like a lot, but we've got a lot of really good stuff coming <laughs> at you today. Um, so yeah, why don't we, why don't we start with um, a little bit about your story of origin? Like, how did you get into doing this stuff and go from yeah, there? Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, so um, I was born in Switzerland. I grew up in France in like a really small uh, village with like 400 people. Um, and I was pretty sure I was straight until I started to look at comic books and was starting to be pulled more towards the men um and my mother is very religious well religious I mean she's religious she grew up as a catholic um and I did my um first communion and there was a little bit of pressure around that and growing up in rural France there was always this idea of like heaven and hell and it was so um archaic their perceptions of what sexuality was and the idea of being gay was just it not even talked about so much so that it just meant it made me feel immediately like there was something wrong with me and something that I needed to change um, and I think so that's kind of where it started my my journey started with religion and how religion for you know a lot of gay men how it kind of screwed me up or messed me up or gave me a wrong interpretation and understanding of what spirituality was mm -hmm. um and so when i came out not on purpose long story i won't get into it but my mom kind of found out some stuff and anyway she outed me but didn't know i was out but thought i was out 
uh, gay and she like um, rejected me and uh, said I disgusted her and that she wished I didn't have a son like me and and so I I started to really hate myself because I thought oh well there must be something wrong with me you know my mother can't love me even though I was like trying to like fight against it deep down I was like oh my god like I'm not worthy I'm not good enough like I just wish I could change and you know I was suicidal I was self-harming there was so much so much pain so much suffering that came from it and then I go off to university and then I start to explore and start understanding actually yeah no I am definitely gay I'm not just bisexual I'm uh, you know and I and I feel feel for that then there was always like kind of a resenting side within me wishing I could be different wishing I could change um and so I decided to turn to drugs um because they offered me a good escapism um and just a way of kind of connecting with other people um and connecting with different aspects of my own psyche uh and so I got like quite addicted to uh um ketamine and it became my drug of choice and um it was really sedating i mean it's a sedative um it was really like just numbing and it just felt so good and um i then like started doing you know other drugs and started to, to become a little bit addicted to other drugs and um and then i ended up doing something called MXC, which is a derivative of ketamine. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but India stopped shipping ketamine, so we didn't have it anymore. And it made me trip out, but with my, like, really eyes open, and I started becoming really paranoid, um, which I realized actually was my drug-induced spiritual awakening. My And so I got propelled into this world where I started to see like auras of blue and red I started to hear things I started to experience things my dreams started to be like massively deep into like duality and into heaven and hell and and so I started to think I was evil I don't know how that kind of thought pattern create was created mm. probably because as a child you know not having that support I was called evil or, or, or whatever not good um, and so that kind of propelled me onto my journey of trying to figure out, am I a good person or am I a bad person, even though I have no reason to think I was a bad person. And so I started to look at different modalities, different ways of trying to find myself through yoga first then meditation then through angel cards, oracle cards. Um, and bit by bit, you know, I would go on like these retreats and I would start realizing, actually, no, I am a really good person. So what is what is it, that's making me think I'm not, you know? Um, and so basically I started doing different modalities, doing Reiki and NLP and then did theta healing. And theta healing was the big one where I started to be like, okay, I have all of these belief systems that have been created, yet I don't believe that they're mine, but I'm still holding on to them. Um, and I just kind of like started to go down that route and everything started to just you know, go in alignment. I slipped my disc last year, which meant I didn't have to go to work, which meant I could do courses online. And long story short, here I am like helping people identify what beliefs are stopping them living their truest expression, their truest self, not their egoic self. I mean, really the like most compassionate, loving, kind self that we all are at core. So, so that's a little bit like about about it that was like super quick and really in a nutshell but that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah well thank you for sharing and I, I there was a couple things that stood out for me and I think you know I've, I've worked with hundreds of people over my career um in in doing this work with gay men and um it, I would say one in three 
have that's one of their their goals in in working with me is unpacking unhelpful conditioning around religion and how that's impacted <laughs> their their core beliefs around who they are their how you know their sexuality how the world views them um these sorts of things so i think this is this is a big big thing religion mm -hmm. has a huge impact on our belief systems yeah 100 yeah. and i think you know it's not to like dumb down religion there's some positives of religion but unfortunately the way man has decided to manipulate it mm -hmm. is what we as gay men um or as a, a part of the lgbtq community get affected so profoundly by it because we're just being told that you're somehow wrong or we're being rejected right and that's obviously not the ultimate truth because you know an all-loving god why would they reject you because of your sexuality it doesn't make any sense but mm -hmm. when you're a kid you don't have that ability to process that so you just kind of get fed this information and you start to take it as the gospel no mm -hmm. pun intended <laughs> yeah 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 I, and part of my belief system is that nothing is created in this world without purpose without divine purpose right and sometimes we have to move through some suffering and through things in order to see and find our purpose but i really believe that i don't think our creator created us um by mistake right there's no <laughs> fault there i believe that gay men were were created divinely and perfectly the way we are uh, to serve the purpose that we're meant to serve on this on this planet so um a hundred percent and actually yeah. if you start to look at it from more of a, a spiritual perspective um, people who have decided to incarnate as a, a gay individual, um, are, and I don't want to put any hierarchy, but sometimes they may be of a more elevated soul just because they are now playing around with the idea of gender and around the idea of sexuality and the energies of the masculine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. And not saying that this is all gay men, absolutely not. But a lot of gay men have that beautiful balance between the masculine and the feminine, which is so needed mm -hmm. to help support yeah. others like heterosexuals in the society to help them see the masculine and feminine within themselves and to feel comfortable in that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just love it. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, we think on the same wavelength. And actually, I want to share a little bit of the story about how I met you, um, as promised, and then we'll, we'll dive into the stuff. But um, so I, I recently have gone through and probably still going through, not probably am still going through um, a, a very large spiritual awakening, the biggest one I've had yet in my life. And hopefully it's the final. One. <laughs> um, and it's been about nine months or 10 months now. And about, I think it was about four months in, um, I was going through intense suffering. And um, I had basically in prayer or speaking to the universe, one day, one day I, I asked for some sort of mentor to come into my life and support me. Um, and preferably a male because I've always gravitated towards female. My last coach was a female and I wanted um, somebody who understood the intricacies of, of the masculine energy that I was navigating and, and being gay. And I shit you not, like two days after that, um, Andrew reached out to me on um, a private message on, on Facebook and said he was called to, to reach out to me and offer me um, to come and, and do some, some work with him and um, around beliefs and stuff like that. And, and I took him up on that. 
And um, within that same 24 hours, another guy also in the UK, which is kind of funny, had reached out offering um, more kind of integrated coaching support around some of the things I was dealing with around trauma and things. Um, So I ended up working with both of you guys at the same time. And you guys were very pivotal in me making this transformation and moving towards a more integrated sense of self and um, helping me release some of the the really like the fundamental beliefs I was holding on to that were not allowing me to step into my authenticity. Um, so I owe you a lot. And it was really beautiful doing that work with you. So I, I just felt inclined to share that because um, it really is a personal testimony, very personal to me. Um, and doing the work with you had had really um, helped me a lot. So thank you. It was it was such an honor. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was really um, enjoyable. And obviously, there was quite a lot of like dense things as we do when we work with d- belief systems. There's always mm-hmm. density. But yeah, yeah, you you powered on through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and you got yeah. to where you are today. Um, yeah. and I think yeah, test testament to yourself and to what you're able to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, okay, let's dig in. <laughs> let's let's go there. Um, so let's maybe start out. So some people might not even have a clue what beliefs are. We all have them, right? Um, but what what really are they? How are they um, like what's, created what's it, and stuff? Yeah. What's an easy way to conceptualize these for people that might not understand what beliefs are? Yeah, I think, you know what, like our whole uh, fabric of our human existence is formed on beliefs. So, you know, we believe that there is gravity, therefore we cannot levitate. I know it sounds mad, but like Mm -hmm. um, if you read uh, the biography of Yogi, I can't remember his name. um, And there's all of these amazing accounts of these individuals who are so deeply, um, you know, meditate and uh, tune into their own existence and their own truth that they're able to do things what we would think is impossible because we've created these limitations to believe that it's impossible. Mm -hmm. And so our belief systems are what either keeps us small or what keeps us moving forwards. So they, they can either work for us or they can work against us. We can create negative belief systems from all kinds of possibilities in our life from we pick them up from our, our, our parents and how they've treated us in, in our life and that we can pick them up just hereditary from our, our ancestors. Uh, genetically, we can pick them up like from past lives, if you believe in past lives. But a lot of my clients, um, usually their biggest belief systems are rooted in something that's linked to a past life that's uh, stopping them from really expanding and growing. And so these belief systems are created in order to protect you in some way. So if, for example, um, you know, you have a a father that is abusive when you're growing up, you'll create a belief system that I'm not worthy of love because it will feel safer to believe that I'm not worthy of love than to believe that you're worthy of love and then to be rejected. So that's essentially what a belief, does that make sense? Or do I need to explain it a little bit clearer? As no, no, that makes perfect sense. And maybe I could, I could piggyback on that and share um, mm-hmm. uh, my, my, my background is in psychology. So I can share a little bit of um, how beliefs are formed from my, uh, my experience in working um, in psychology. I think we have, um 
we have subconscious, we have conscious, right? Subconscious is something we don't have direct access to. Conscious is something we have direct access to. Another term for subconscious could also be like in our psyche, right? We have, um, we have experiences that take place. We have thoughts and feelings about those experiences. And over time and space, we create beliefs about that, which is how it's almost like filters of how we view the world around us. And then things future experiences, thoughts and feelings get perceived through this, this filter. And that's how we end up um, seeing the world. And I think um, in, in my experience in doing work with you, you really helped me bring my subconscious beliefs, beliefs I wasn't even aware that I had into my consciousness so we could work with them. Right. And it's really cool how, how I experienced that was like you asking questions and us kind of like backtracking. So we enter consciousness and we say, okay, well, what's, how's, how's our conscious, my, my consciousness presenting itself right now? You with curiosity, ask me, we dive in, we dig deeper, we enter shadow, we enter subconscious. Right. And then we can pull that out. That's why it's really beautiful doing this work with somebody because they can help pinpoint it. Right. And then once we have access to that, then we can start to get really curious and look at our belief systems. But first, we need to be able to access the more shadow or subconscious aspects of our being. Yeah. And yeah. not to be afraid of it and not to see it as something is negative and to just understand that, you know, whatever is lurking in the subconscious is always there to kind of the, the main thing is to protect you, to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. And, and you're, you're, no matter how destructive that belief system may be, it's there for your highest good you're holding on to it for your highest good mm -hmm. and when you bring that consciousness awareness to it you start to realize oh actually i can't i don't need to hate it so much mm -hmm. you know i think that's the thing is like the the energy that a lot of people get into is like oh i hate this about me it's uh this is you know and it's like but why why mm -hmm. hate something about yourself when it's all about loving all aspects of yourself because that's essentially what it's trying to do. It just wants to be seen. It wants to be validated mm -hmm. and heard and to be loved. And when you can bring in that energy, that awareness, then it starts to be seen. Then it starts to be heard. Then the consciousness and the unconsciousness start to move into alignment. And then that's where the like aha moments can come through. Yeah, that's, that's so huge. And I think, you know, <clears throat> for me, that's such a, a, a really good, um, kind of like idea of how things played out for me. Like if you think about things like um, psychological defenses, like dissociation or ego formation, these sorts of things happen and they're very adaptive from a young age because we're experiencing some sort of suffering or some sort of pain or hurt that we can't tolerate um, when we're younger. So we develop an ego or we develop the ability to dissociate. And then as we get older, it becomes maladaptive, right? So it's like these beliefs that you're talking about, they, they served us at some point in our life, but then they become not serving. They, they don't serve us any longer. So we mm -hmm. therefore need to transform our limiting beliefs, which is why we came up with this, this topic today. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like getting to that point where you're able to recognize that these beliefs are no longer serving me. And they're actually keeping me stuck in a version of myself I don't want to be any longer. Mm -hmm. So how can I start to remove them? And from what I'm hearing you say is um, love. Love is a mm -hmm. real beautiful way to transmute some of these, these beliefs. Um, awareness and love probably combined, right? We need to be aware of them first, and then we need to love them so they can transform. Is, yeah, there, is that true? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, what you were saying around the love is actually to understand you know, what you're gaining from these beliefs, like how, you know, even though they're not serving you 
now you understand they don't serve you anymore in order for you to release them you know understand how they're serving you mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like this catch mm-hmm. 22 and yeah. then when you start to understand how they're serving you like what am i gaining what am i gaining from believing i'm not worthy of love well i'm i'm gaining that um you know i can protect myself i don't have to be rejected um you know i can keep myself small uh i it's maybe like a driver and motivator to get people to love me mm-hmm. and when you start to see that you're like oh okay cool so I'm getting a lot from this. Okay, that's good. And then we look at what you're learning from it because every single belief system is there to try and teach us something. Our soul has incarnated in this experience to try and teach you something through that belief system. Mm-hmm. And when you understand the lesson as well, that's when you start to like be able to start to shift things. That's when things are starting to move. The energy starts to move because it doesn't become um, so ambivalent. It doesn't become like this unknown spot it becomes like oh actually the the awareness the light has just been shun onto it and i can see exactly what it is and now i can i have the capabilities and the ability within um myself that it's safe to release it now mm-hmm. yeah so that yeah so love but love and awareness <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's so good it's so good i um yeah yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I'm kind of flabbergasted. <laughs> I love, I love uh, talking about all this sort of stuff. It makes me, makes me really excited. Um, okay, so how do limited beliefs show up in our lives? Yeah, well, so like we kind of touched upon it um, mm-hmm. just before, but we, mm-hmm. they show up in all different kinds of ways. So they can show up um, in your relationships in how you form relationships in how you uh, react at work, um, like your ability to be promoted. If you haven't been promoted at work, but you really want a promotion, but you see someone else being promoted and it's like, well, do you actually feel worthy of being promoted? Do you actually think you're good enough? Like on a deep level, Mm -hmm. Um, it shows up in how you react to other people. So like competition, jealousy, your money beliefs. So like, how do you interact with money? Um, If you grew up in an environment that didn't have a lot of money, if your family uh, argued or squabbled around money, that's going to have a huge impact on your ability to retain money and, and, Mm -hmm. and, make money so it every aspect of your life it shows up because that is the driving force of our our, um, our human experience that's what makes us keep moving right so if i believe i'm can be sex successful then that is what's going to be pushing me towards becoming successful right mm-hmm. like i am successful if i'm i believe that i am not good enough that's what's going to constantly bring in like scenarios to prove to me that I'm not good enough constantly bring in like relationships that um, are difficult or that people cheat on me or whatever it may be so they just they really appear in all aspects of your life and Mm -hmm. when you start to become more aware of them and not be afraid of them and not think that you're perfect because you wouldn't be here if you were perfect Mm -hmm. then you start to really start to like understand that they are just the driving force the driving force yeah how how do we become aware of our beliefs i think that's one of the biggest things truly because there's so much ignorance and i don't mean that in in a derogatory way i just mean that in in not knowing a lot of people have no clue what their the beliefs are that are wreaking havoc in their lives yeah right they just see the 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 suffering that comes from having those beliefs but they don't they're not actually maybe aware of the beliefs where they come from 
So I guess what I always say is like, be the detective of your life. Stop taking the seat of the experience and you are experiencing life. Start to take it from the perspective of the observer. Like if you see that you constantly are spending your money and you're not good with money, rather than being like, I'm so bad with money, which is a belief system, by the way, you have to start to be like, okay, why am I bad with money? Why am I not good at saving money? Where does that come from? Start asking yourself these questions. Um, and, you know, you can do some journaling around that and be like, oh, well, you know, my, my mom wasn't very good at saving money and um, she would always spend uh, um, the money that uh, she would make and money isn't safe. And then you start to like break it down. You start to see like, okay, so this is the story. And then you start to utilize your intellect your intuition it's like okay well what belief system did i create from this story and so the more you bring that kind of uh inquisitive mind to your life rather than like i am the experience i am the suffering my life is shit so to swear mm -hmm. um you start to go into more of uh okay here i am here's my life I don't like this part of me. Like I'm super jealous. Where does that come from? What am I afraid is going to happen? Where's my lack of trust coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not about blaming. Um, you know, we, we're not here to be a blame, a blame game. We are here to understand where the belief systems come from, yeah. you know, mom, dad, brother, sister, teacher, aunt, caregiver, whatever, but we're not here to blame them. Mm -hmm. Actually, when you, release the energy of blame and you move into the energy of ownership that's when you can start to rewrite your story and it's only until you start to really take ownership of your life and is the moment that you can really change your life mm -hmm. yeah that's huge that's so huge right and it takes a lot of humility to be able to take responsibility for for our lives and I, I, I love, I love the, the, the sharing that you're offering, which is curiosity, right? Inquisitiveness, lead with curiosity. I have a, I have a saying, well, it's not my saying, but it comes from authentic relating, which I, I teach and I, I, I've taken many, many times. And um, basically it's um, welcome everything. Right. Because mm. I think a lot of times we put up resistance to beliefs. We put up resistance to thoughts and feelings which I think thoughts and feelings are partially the gateway to the belief, right? We, we have it show up in the form of a thought, thought can lead to a feeling. And then the feeling is a direct bridge to something deeper that's actually feeding the thought, right? So I think, you know, leading with curiosity and welcoming everything is are two really important ways to start to track some of the beliefs that maybe are wreaking havoc in your life, at least from my experience. Yeah, hundred percent. And actually that just uh, brings me to um, also say to have a childlike curiosity as well. So be playful, be mm -hmm. like, <clears throat> who says that life has to be so serious all the time? It doesn't mm -hmm. like have fun. You're here to have fun. And mm -hmm. the universe works so much faster when you're having fun, mm -hmm. when you're like stuck in like, oh, my life is so difficult, the struggle. And when you identify too much with your, your experience, then you start to block yourself. But when you start to just be like, oh, okay, this is, this is fun, even though it's not fun and it sucks, like 
super mm -hmm. bad because you keep on having the same relationship issue. Don't like get too invested in it. Don't like become too much. It. I, I, that was my whole life was becoming so much invested in those beliefs. Like, Oh my God, I'm ugly. No one's going to love me. Or, Oh my God, I'm a bad person. I'm evil. It's like you, you, once you invest yourself into it, it's very hard to like pull yourself out. Right. Because you're like, giving it more and more energy and then you're giving it more motion right and so it's hard to get out of that loop but when you just just it's almost like i don't know how to why i say it like but it's like like suck yourself out of it and then just start to see it and just be like oh that's hilarious why do i think i'm ugly that's ridiculous you know what i mean rather than mm -hmm. being like i am ugly and everyone's so much better looking than me do mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah and i think that's we, that's a overdevelopment uh, or over identification with ego right ego yeah. is that voice in our head that that narrates our beliefs right so when we're really attached to that narrator we don't we're not able to sit back in the seat of consciousness and be able to witness the narrator doing its job yeah. right and i think that development of witness consciousness is everything as you said because it, it it essentially allows us to see um, how we are talking to ourselves, yeah. right? How we're talking about others, how we're talking about the world around us. Once we understand that narrator and we, we, we have empathy and love for that narrator, that's when we can really do some really beautiful transformative work. And I, I think that was my awakening. That truly was my awakening. It was deconstruction of that narrator um, and the conditioning that that narrator had been through to develop the narration that it had integrated right yeah. and um and i think that's what a lot of people on this planet are going through right now is learning how to first get acquainted with their narrator and then mm -hmm. be able to um say and, and i, I want to choose something different i want to choose a different experience where i don't have to be my thoughts i don't have to be my feelings i can be the witness and the observer to these states um and these experiences and not become them right and mm -hmm. i think that's everything <laughs> yeah right yeah definitely and i think it's also not becoming the or or or, or thinking because you become that you're suddenly going to become like this um banal gray boring individual that is mm -hmm. lacking emotion and feeling it's not mm -hmm. saying that at all it's like you can still have those experiences you know it's so important to feel those emotions but it's just you're just not attaching yourself to it so you mm -hmm. don't get pulled into the drama that those emotions bring you you yeah. know if sadness comes up that sadness is there to be seen and it needs to it needs that space to to have that expression but it's about not like falling into the energy of sadness and what it gives you, because then you're going to find like, oh, actually I have a belief system around that. Like I'm addicted to sadness because sadness is the only way I can give myself self-care. Yeah. And so then you start to look like, oh, okay. So I need to, I need to shift that. I need to learn how to give myself self-care without sadness show that I can give myself self-care no matter what, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, those little, little moments. <laughs> Yeah. And that's everything. That's, that's essentially what I learned from you is, is the question of what is this belief teaching me or how is this belief serving me? Once I understand that, right. I can meet that need in a different way because you said beliefs are all serving us. They're serving us in some way they're meeting needs. And when we're able to understand the need it's meeting maladaptively, we can therefore get it met adaptively. And that's when I think this shift really takes place. Right. Yeah.
A hundred, a hundred percent. And like, you know, the way I, I work and like, as you know, you know, that's, that's the first part of it. And I think that's such an integral part because it helps, um, it helps quieten the more conscious mind and also helps the logical perspective be able to be a little bit more involved and, and can understand things, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it was just we were going straight into energy healing and going straight into like releasing things on an energetic perspective, it, you're almost missing a trick there because mm-hmm. you're not allowing the psychology, the psyche to to uncover itself. Yeah. 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 And, and I'll speak a little bit to that. Actually, I love how we're segueing each other. It's so it's so beautiful. It's synchronistic because um, everything you're saying is leading right into what I wanted to share. Um, OK, great. Which is yeah, it is great. Um, <laughs> I love when that happens. Uh, so uh, you said about journaling and I really wanted to highlight the importance of something like that, because if you look at the way that the human psyche or the psychology works is it becomes so autopilot right we have a belief it feeds a thought leads it feeds a feeling and then suddenly we're we're down the spiral down the rabbit hole so that happens very fast human beings process very very quickly so one of the most important things for me in this journey has been slowing down and for me journaling slows me down it allows me to go through belief thought and feeling a lot slower and more deliberately and it brings me from subconscious into conscious Um, that's been very very effective for me Um, something else that's been very effective for me is plant medicine um and I know that's not for everybody, but for me, um, doing psilocybin like once every you know three months, um, it allows me to access because what I find that psilocybin does is it basically pulls me out of um, ego. My ego structure basically evaporates for that three hour window and it directly connects me to um, these beliefs, directly connects me to visions that I'm able to see how my beliefs are showing up for me in my psyche. Um, so those are two really powerful things that have helped me on, on my journey to really um, disintegrating beliefs that aren't helping me. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, I still I do journaling all the time and, and I think, you know, even though I, I do belief work on myself all the time and I've shifted like so much since I've started this kind of work, you know, I still face challenges. I still face those moments. And so, for example, um, I was invited to go to So House, which is like uh, a lot of famous people go there. And it just has this energy, this vibe that can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. And and so on the uh, tube to, to the place, I was trying to figure out like, what's it coming from? And when you start to unpick it, like, you know, like, the first belief, oh, um, you know, uh, I'm not, I don't have enough money to have a membership there. And it's like, actually a membership is X money and I can definitely afford it. So then you like cross that one out and then it's like, okay, what's the next belief? Oh, um, you know, uh, I'm not dressed well enough to go there. And it's like, actually I've been there before and people dress terribly and no one really cares what you look like. What's mm-hmm. the next belief, you know, and you can start to like mark through these beliefs and then mm-hmm. you start to, and then you have no more beliefs. And then it's just like, <laughs> oh great i just had to work through it and and none of it was real it was all an illusion and i can now move through it you know Mm -hmm. so yeah for me journaling is a super powerful uh tool and i yeah i love it it's helped me so much it's part of my morning practice every morning yeah that's huge that's huge. There's something that I, that I practice as well. And it's called challenging the ego. So it's like, you know, when we have the internal dialogue and it's running rampant and when we are, when we're passive to our own internal abuse, um, it, it stays 
cyclical and, and, and we still, we still become an abuser or, or like abused by our abuser in our mind. So I think one of the most beautiful things that's helped me is, is challenging the thoughts in my mind, right? Exactly. Like what you just said, like you have that, that belief and it shows up in the form of a thought, like, I can't do this. I don't dress well enough. Well, how can you challenge that? How can you, you start to bring that inquisitiveness? But I think the first and foremost, you need to get aware, you need to get aware of these thoughts and slow down the process. And I think that's why journaling is so effective for so many people. And meditation, right? So I guess the second thing I would say is when you start to build in a meditation practice, that's what allows you to slow down the mind. And that's what allows you to start being the observer. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to do like five hours of meditation every day. You know, yeah. like I only do 10 minutes of meditation every morning. Um, albeit my whole job is a lot around meditation as well, but mm. like, it still just gets me in. I'm like done. I'm, I've got the awareness. Like I know what I'm doing. And I think if people just started to factor in just 10 minutes of meditation a day, mm -hmm. they would start to really be able to have that awareness to be able to like remove themselves from the drama, from the thoughts, from the emotion, from the beliefs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So is there anything that I, we, I think we've kind of dabbled a little bit in this, but there might be some more to share. Um, how do you help people transform their limited beliefs? Yeah, so we have um, a little bit like looked at it and we kind of discussed how we, you know, you would come to the session with, say, uh, a problem or a challenge. And normally I scan your energy field to see what's going on. And I normally hear like probably your inner dialogue around that. And that brings us on this journey where we start to try and find like, what is the bottom belief? What is the belief that is is um, the main programmer here? Um, and I'm always tuning into my guides, my angels or whatever I'm connecting with. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know. High frequency beings. Um, and they always guide me towards like, what is the what is this? the biggest belief that we need to work on. Mm -hmm. um, and then I get you to muscle test, which is a form of kinesiology, which is a really great way of, of helping the client to see because I can tell you what your belief system is, but actually for you to see it with your own eyes, to see your body moving forwards or backwards. And if it's a belief or if it's not a belief, just really starts to kind of consolidate things so much more. And then as we spoke, we do look at the gains and the lessons from it. And then the thing that we didn't speak about is like maybe the more kind of esoteric side of things, the more kind of uh, energy side of things where I take you through a meditation um, and in that meditation, I guess I go into kind of a, a trance state where I hear what that person needs in order to shift the belief. So it's a lot of inner child healing. It's a lot of like releasing ancestral trauma or what it, it really depends. Like I, I mm -hmm. just get guided and it's such a beautiful flowing feeling. And I, and I, I really, I really, really love it. And I see images or I hear or I feel so like maybe I feel pain in my heart and then I'm like, oh, okay, abandonment by mother, we need to sort that out and those kind of things, right? Mm -hmm. And so then we come back down to, to earth, the meditation ends and then um, you would like muscle test to see if the belief has changed and nine times out of 10, the belief has changed. And I know when we work together, sometimes the belief didn't change, but mm -hmm. we didn't end the session until the belief changed, right? So we, I would always like go deeper and be like, okay, so why why is Matt not willing to let go of this? What is it? And, and then we just find all of these little like intricate little pieces that just need to be released. Mm -hmm. um, and then the belief has changed. And yeah. 
Yeah. And it, I know like probably listeners who are, who are listening now are like, yeah, but that sounds too easy. How's that possible? And I guess I would challenge you and say, why does it have to be hard? Mm-hmm. Who says it has to be hard? If you can make a belief instantly, why can you not change a belief instantly? Mm-hmm. What, why are you limiting yourself in that way? Wouldn't you want your life to look so much easier? And why are you choosing suffering instead of joy and expansion? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think the work that we did, I felt it, it was, it shifted me on a quantum level. And then my psychology still tried and my ego still tried to play out the tape, but it wasn't impacting me in the same way. It didn't have as much charge. So it was like, what I had to do was I had to still be aware. So the mental awareness is so key. You you still need to be aware of the tape that's trying to play out and not allowing the tape to impact your behavior. Right. So hitting that fork in the road and saying, Oh no, wait, I'm choosing differently now. I'm going to choose left instead of I've chosen right my whole life, right? And then that's when the repetition starts to make the change in your life. That's that, at least that was my experience with it all. Exactly that. And I mm-hmm. think that's super important that you you mentioned that because, you know, with the work that that I do, it's so deep on an energetic level and it is a quantum healing. It is a quantum shift. It, it, it really just changes you on such a deep, deep deep level but of course your mind is a computer and your mind has been like just basically you've typed in okay i hate myself and you've just like pressed copy you know control c control v v v v v v v v v v and you've just got it loads of times and you just every single time you have it i hate myself you just have to bring yourself back to i love myself and then mm-hmm. you're in your head you've just deleted that one of those you know what i mean totally. and i think that's so important the mindset aspect is so important and then also combining affirmations as well with it because we've shifted the beliefs and then you just want to combine affirmations to make sure that the you know the belief will always be shifted but to make sure that the mindset catches up with the belief change mm-hmm. yes yeah very much so and I, I love how you said that it's like you know beliefs are formed by re- by reinforcement and they will be disintegrated by reinforcement as well like reinforcement mm-hmm. is really important which is repetition of the same thing over and over again right just reinforcing it so yeah um okay let's uh let's shift over into speaking directly to gay men because i think this is our listener they they, they want the they want the juice on, um, on this stuff. So what are common beliefs that you help gay men transform? What are, what are some of the top ones that come through? Well, we'll so, you know, like Matt, you were just talking about like, how, uh, was it like out of your clients, three out of four of them, one out of religion? three, about, yeah. one out of the three, I thought it was one out of three and I didn't listen mm-hmm. to my intuition. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> one out of the three of the clients is, is to do with a religion. And that is something that I would specialize in is helping people realize that they are good and that they are not you know there's nothing wrong with them they're not broken they're not evil they're not um you know unworthy of love so those are very common things around being gay because we never have that support network that support system to Mm -hmm. tell that us that we are right we are constantly told that there's something different or that we need to change in some way Mm -hmm. um a lot of the work i also do is a relationship with the father um Mm. we all know as gay men Uh, Not all, but some, most have had maybe a difficult relationship with the father. Um, And so a lot of our relationships within our own lives and with the universe actually is dictated with our relationship with our father. So when we can heal our relationship with our father, we can heal our relationship with the universe because the way we've been conditioned is to believe that 
the God is a man, right? So, you know, this is uh, like a little connection there. And then also with our own just relationships when we're with partners. Um, so those are the main, the main ones. A lot of it is self-worth. Mm-hmm. So many gay men out there just have such poor self-worth and they'll pretend that they have great self-worth. They'll pretend that they're good enough. You know, they'll have the nice fancy car. They'll have the fancy condo. They'll go on the holidays to, to Magaluf, not Magaluf, <laughs> to Mykonos mm-hmm. or wherever it is, you know, and on, on the outside, they'll look like they've got <clears throat> it all sorted. It's the pink pound, but on the inside, they're really like mm-hmm. not very happy within themselves. Mm-hmm. And I help men find that happiness within themselves mm-hmm. and know that their self-worth is independent of any of the externalities that they feel like is giving them that self-worth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where we, this is, this is the intersection, intersection of you and I, we do, we do very similar work, we just go about it very differently, um, yeah. but, but also very complimentary. Um, yeah, yeah, I've sent some clients your way, and they got some, some you good have, results. Yeah, so. it was great working with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I second all that, like so much, so much, and I lived it, I lived it, I was that, right, I had the rock and body as a overcompensation for feeling like a piece of shit on the inside you know what I mean and that was my mo some people do it through money they do it through material items they do it through their body they do it through all sorts of things and um you know I I I said you know I for most of my life I was always seeking to find um love and validation from the outside in and then I just went through a transformation where I learned how to do it from the inside out yeah that's everything self-worth can't be found outside yourself it's impossible It's impossible. It's all within. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why RuPaul is such an amazing, (laughs) of course, RuPaul has (laughs) to be mentioned (laughs) on a gay podcast. I mentioned him on everything. (laughs) I think that's why he's such an amazing tour de force because, you know, what he preaches is if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you not going to love You're going to love somebody else. And I think this, this is so fundamental is actually, it just starts by loving yourself. It just starts by being able to accept yourself, love yourself, be compassionate with yourself, and then that will be reflected back at you. Mm -hmm. But until you can really feel that within yourself, you're not going to have those things that you want so badly because you're just not going to be in an energetic alignment to it. Mm -hmm. Or you will have it, but it just won't be what you're exactly looking for, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I think if we're, if we're talking about that, truly self-worth is about our ability to be able to let in love uh, towards ourself and from others. Um, what are, what, let's pick out three, three beliefs that we think are, are the ones that are wreaking the most havoc for people to be able to let in love. Hmm, that's a good question. Let me just tune in. Yeah. So uh, the first one, which we already touched upon is I'm worthy of love. No, I'm not worthy of love. Mm -hmm. The second one is my worth depends on someone else. Mm -hmm. And the third one is I'm not good enough. And I think those are just like, these are like the three basic, basic, basic belief systems that need to be shifted in order to just bring in some kind of, of love. You know, I'm not worthy of love is going to be a really big one, Mm -hmm. because if you don't think you're worthy of receiving love, you're never going to be able to bring it in. 
Yeah. You're just not because you just don't think you're, you don't, you're almost like saying like love is here and I'm here, but like you are love. So mm -hmm. how can love be above you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd say those are probably the most prevalent uh, belief systems that I can, that I picked up intuitively. Mm. But you know, when you start to work more one-to-one, -one, you start to see that actually those belief systems, they're a lot more intricate. Mm -hmm. So like I'm unworthy of love might be actually something so much deeper than just being unworthy of love, right? It's like, um, I'm abandoned or um, my mother has re rejected me or, you know, or men reject me or whatever it is, you know, yeah. it's like finding actually what the, the, the main, the main crux of it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the first one that comes through for me would be something is wrong with me. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking that when I was a kid, I thought I was defective because I wasn't like the other boys. I was sensitive. Yeah. I was gay. I liked other boys and I had to hide that. So that was my, yeah. that was my first experience of myself is feeling like there was something wrong with me. And that, that is the mantra of shame. Shame tells yeah. us something is wrong with us. Right. And I think, you know, and if you look at what is the opposite of shame, it's worthiness, right. Yeah. You know, so it's, they're so interconnected. And then you throw the layer of trauma on top of our shame, attachment trauma specifically, right. Rejection, um, loss, abandonment, they're all relational traumas. And I think those, it's just like, a, it's, it's layer cake, you know, mm -hmm. of stuff we have to navigate as gay men. And, and this is why, you know, I'm dedicating my life purpose to undoing this, right? To teaching people that they're 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 more than their trauma, they're more than their shame, they're more than their low self-worth and and how to kind of move through it. So yeah. And I think you know, shame is such a low vibrational energy. Um, it is the lowest vibration yeah. if you look on the uh, vibrational scale. Yeah. And so when you can start to move out of the shame, you can start to actually move into maybe anger. Because actually underneath that shame is you're angry, you're angry at society, you're angry that you have to deal with this. And there's nothing shameful about anger. It's just about that's just your next emotion until you can move up that vibrational scale until you can move up to love. It's yeah. not about moving straight to shame to love, you know, it's about moving through allowing yourself to have those kind of step by step process so that you have time to process it within yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big time. Big time. I think the two for me would be moving through shame was rage uh, was the first mm. one. I came up against a lot of rage. Like it's like anger on steroids. And I had to really, really tap, move through that. And then it was grief, a shit ton of grief, just so much sadness and so much like, yeah, like it's despair, agony. It's that you got to move through it all because that's the, that's the yucky swamp water that we got to move through in order to do our healing. And, and it's not comfortable, but it's with each, with each step you take in that swamp, it feels, starts to feel lighter and lighter and lighter. Right. And then you suddenly start connecting to your authenticity, which is what the brotherhood is all about. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. Walk what people home to their authentic to self. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's very much needed. Mm -hmm. So we got uh, just under 10 minutes left. Um, the, the, the final question, what can our listeners do to start to make this transformation to their limited beliefs? We've shared quite a bit. So, the, uh, but is there anything that we really want to drive home um, for the listeners before we wrap up? Yeah, I think I want to reiterate this idea of um, like awareness is key and, and to be that kind of the detective of your life and to not be, too much involved in the process of your life stop identifying yourself so much 
to your existence and to what is happening in your life because you are so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And I think once people can start to see that and start to really pull themselves out of the human experience, mm -hmm. it's not about putting your head in the sand and pretending you're not human. No, no, no. Have sex, enjoy yourself, do what you want to do, you know, like be in the energy of pleasure. That's what it's all about being mm -hmm. a human but it's about not just being stuck in all of the base energies that come with the human experience. Mm -hmm. So for me, if you can, like we talked about, you know, do meditation, do journaling, build yourself up a morning practice. And if you're struggling, stop struggling on your own, find yourself a coach, find yourself someone who can mm -hmm. help heal you, you know, like there's so much stuff available out there and it would be silly to just stay stuck you know what i mean there's yeah. so many people that choose to stay stuck because they're afraid of what they're going to have to revisit or or look at yeah. yeah yeah i think that's huge um i don't normally do this but i'm going to do a, a shameless self-promotion because um my book uh, be the space um is exactly that it basically teaches people how to develop their witness consciousness um, through present moment awareness. So I think if we're talking about transforming beliefs, we cannot transform beliefs without awareness. It's very, very important. So we have to slow down. We have to connect to awareness, which another word for awareness is witness consciousness um, or observer self. And then we need to be able to go in and do this, this deep work on our, on our beliefs. So um, yeah, for people who are wanting to start that transformation, that book would be, would be a good place to start. Um, and for you, how can people find you? How can they connect to, to your work if they, if they're interested in wanting to try out doing some, um, NLP or theta healing with you? Yeah. So, um, people can find me on Instagram on Andrew row one, 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 um, one, one, one is an angel number. If you're into angel numbers, you can be my best friend. If you're not, <laughs> you can still be my best friend. Um, yeah, one 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 signifies spiritual awakening, spiritual growth, expansion. So um, mm -hmm. I like that number. Or www.andrew-row.co.uk um, because I'm in London um, and I'm having a revamp to my website. So I'm, I've got brand management stuff. So lots is, is changing, but um, that's that that's that's the original uh, website. Mm -hmm. All of my work is done on Zoom. I have clients all over the world. Um, so if you're mm -hmm. interested in working with me, just, you know, get in touch. Don't be afraid. And if you just want guidance, like if you just want a bit of help or support, like I, you know, I'm here to do that. Like I'm not just here to, to do one-to-one -one sessions. Like obviously I love doing that and I love being able to provide that limiting belief mm -hmm. service. But if you just want just to have a chat or if you know you something resonated um, that I said today, and you want to just kind of delve in a bit deeper, like, please don't feel afraid to talk to me. Like I'm a very, very kind and um, compassionate person. And I just want to help as many people as possible. Like I don't want people to experience the same suffering that I went through, which I know is the exact same thing that you have as well, Matt, you know, mm -hmm. the work that you do yeah. is you <clears throat> want to liberate people from the suffering that they're in and allow them to move into their true authentic selves that mm -hmm. yeah their true nature mm -hmm. yeah nothing more rewarding i love it i love it yes. i love watching people transform it's just amazing so it just feels so good doesn't it it's just such such a blessing mm -hmm. i mean i had um four clients today and I, when i got off my fourth client i was just like oh my god <laughs> like my life is just amazing yeah. and like i'm just so grateful that i can create this like such lasting changes in people's lives and so instant and can just 
yeah, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just so grateful that I'm can be so intuitive. Mm-hmm. I'm just so happy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, great. <laughs> I don't know where it's come from, but I'm, I'm living for it and I love it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Use your gift. Use your gift. We all have gifts and it's important that oh, we tune sure. into them and we use them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on today. Really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming on today. Um, so much gratitude um, from me and on behalf of the listeners for um, allocating some of your evening tonight to come and share your wisdom with us. It's uh, it's amazing. I learned I learned a lot tonight as well, too. So. Oh, it was mm-hmm. such a pleasure. I feel so happy. My heart is full of joy and Good. gratitude. So thank you so much for reaching out and allowing me to be part of this podcast. Um, yeah. I'm all about helping people. So yeah, ah, made me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. good. Uh, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in once again. Um, if you're tuning in to us on YouTube, please um, like the video, comment, leave a comment because Andrew and I will both be checking to see if there's anything that we can help out with moving forward. Um, and um, subscribe and hit the bell notifications so you get updated when we release a new video every week, every Thursday. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast network, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and leave a review because we do read those out on the episodes with Callan, Michael, and I. So much love to you guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again, Andrew. Thank you. Bye. Bye.